You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusademus 2021, brought to you by the Lombok's Crusade. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden rings. Four calling threes, French hens, turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Christmas, my true love gave to me. Ladies dancing, seven ladies dancing, six ladies dancing, five. You better not shout, you better not cry, you better not. In a pear tree on the ninth, on the eighth, on the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Here we come, oh, I'm selling five golden rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves. Here we come, oh, I'm selling six I be decked with bass and partridge in a pear tree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eleven pipers piping, ten loads of leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids and milking, seven swans are swimming, six geese are laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my I have a little dreidel. I made it out of clay, and hey, when it's dry whoa, and ready, whoa, whoa, a dreidel I shall play. Whoa, whoa, oh, dreidel! Twelve days of Christmas. What? Yeah, Christmas. Eight, eight days of Hanukkah. Oh, it's a Christmas medley. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Eight Spidey Foes Foeing. Hello and welcome to the eighth day of the twelve days of Crusademus for 2021. Brought to you by the Lombox Crusade. The twelve days of Crusademus is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating with this joyous season by sharing you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a hidden gem of a comic series. Brought to you either by one of our Jolly Holly co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests. Until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. Woo! Oh, we're almost there. We're three quarters of the way there, I think. Let me add that up. This is 42%. 42% carrot there. one, carrot divide by square root. Now keep going. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, where is Laura? She said she was going to help me with decorations too, and I don't know what happened to her. Service announcement: She she doesn't work for us. You sure? Jason and Jared have been telling me she does. Uh, well, she doesn't work for us. I thought she was employed here, but oh, well, she keeps coming back for Fan Film Fridays. Yeah, uh, she's there every episode. Well, I got to hand it to her. At least she doesn't like Clint note, so. That's true. She, she follows the rules. Yeah, she does. She follows the rules pretty good. Anyway, speaking about following some rules, let's go ahead and see who we have with us today. Joining me on this eighth day of Crusademus is some of the LBC crew members. And let's get to naming them one by one. These are half of the eight maids of milking. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. It didn't work out that well. So. It wasn't bad. No. It was bad, but it was bad the right way. Yes. So let's go ahead. First off, as our first maid who is milking is the Jared Albrick, a.k.a. Decro. Hot nuts. Anybody here want to buy my nut cylinders? Oh, hot nuts. I've got nuts for sale. 
All right. It's Hot Nuts himself joining you guys around the fire. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. That's some hot nuts right there. Mm, I have come. I know I let you guys down recently, but I've come this time with a Christmas joke. Here we go. Get ready to laugh. What do you call Santa's little helpers? Mm, Hot nuts. A good guess. And some people say elves, but the correct answer is they are called subordinate clauses. Laurel. <laughs> Isn't that right? We get, a, we get another. That's all I got. Oh, all right. Well, as we look further into that to see if that's what they're actually called, let's go ahead and talk to Delvin. The Dark Web Williams. Merry Christmas. Or soon to be. Merry soon to be Christmas to you, Pat. And I am um, going to have to go and take a break real quick. You know, I don't know if you know, but you're one of those maids of milking. Sometimes the milk gets into your eye. It's, it stinks. It, it stinks. So um, I told you where to save the glasses. I, 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 I didn't listen. I did not listen. Been helping me hanging up the lights outside on uh, last episode. You would have known that I told you guys where these safety glasses, but nobody listens. I, I didn't. My listen. nipples were sore. <laughs> so b- between between that, b- between the milking and, and Jared's joke, I have two reasons to grow now. So there's that. <laughs> this is a weird episode. <laughs> Pat, why did you even come back inside from last episode? <laughs> You know where you found me. You found me up in the attic. And, you know, I got stuck up there. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Luckily, not Jeff came by and he saw me up there and he got me down out of the attic. Oh, that was nice. Well, you missed uh, John Ringer was here. Uh, That's what I heard. He's 87% of the reason why we're out of fruitcake. I saw him pull up and I waved, but he didn't hear me. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and talk to Jason. Oh, Rick. Uh, the reason the 13% of the rest of the fruitcake is fruitcake <laughs> good, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's see how the weasel skull is doing this fine pre-Christmas day. Thanks, Pat. I came prepared with my own Christmas joke today. I thought Jared was going to let us down, so I had one ready to go. What condition does Santa suffer from when he's stuck in the chimney? I don't know. What condition does Santa suffer from being stuck in the chimney? Well, Pat, the answer is... Weasel Skull! Mary Jane, we're podcasting here. Oh, it's your playtime. I'm sorry, boys. Anyway, I was just wondering, um, you remember when I put my goodie bag? You know what I'm saying, saying? The goodie bag? I I don't know, Mary Jane. I really don't. Oh, I asked Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I recognize you guys, but who's this fella in the orange shirt over here? What's this handsome man doing here? What's your name, sir? What's your name? Oh, no. You got to come off mute, baby. Sorry. Uh, I'm not sure I'm supposed to talk to strangers. Oh, nobody's stranger than MJ, baby. It's okay. It's okay. It's just me. What's your name? Uh, My name is Rob. Why 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 was it? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, baby. Rest in Uh, peace, Sean. You boys have fun. Oh, MJ. Anyway, the answer was claustrophobia, Pat. Claustrophobia. Claustrophobia. Saw that one coming out. <laughs> you know what? I don't even remember what the question was. <laughs> but that, that one's actually pretty funny. <laughs> Wait, what the hell is that supposed to mean? It's, uh, no, nothing. Nothing. No, your, yours, was, yours was funny. Support the clauses. 
<laughs> Looking at Delvin. Wink! <laughs> all right. Well, now that we got all that fiasco out of the way, let's go ahead and find out who we have joining us today around the fireplace with hot cocoa in hand. It is our Crusaders Club member, Rob Morgan. Welcome, Rob. Woohoo! Greetings and salutations. What do you have uh, in gift wrapped in that stocking over there? Well, happy holidays, everyone, in this winter wonderland. Well, today is eight Spidey Foes Foeing, as we uh, talked about in the intro. So today we are going to unwrap issue number five of Superior Foes of Spider-Man, published in 2013 by Marvel Comics. This was a limited series. There are 17 issues. There are two filler issues. So of the main storyline, there's really only 15 Main creative team, the writer was Nick Spencer, artist Steve Lieber, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. You can get this whole series. It's been collected in three trade paperback volumes. It's on Comixology and it's on Marvel Unlimited. The basic story so far, I guess, uh, there's a new Sinister Six. There are only five members. When we start in the issue we're going to talk about tonight, we're down to four Boomerang's the leader of this Sinister Six. He's conning everybody, including you, dear reader. He owes the chameleon a favor, and he has promised to deliver the cybernetic head of Silvermane. This, I think, is supposed to make the bearer of the head the head of one of the crime families. He's also approached the rest of the team about stealing the head of Silvermane. They don't know the chameleon involved. They think it's them that will be the head of the crime family. The Shocker accidentally learned about the chameleon's involvement. So Boomerang bound him, put him in the trunk of a car, and pushed that car off of a bridge. And uh, that's where we pick up in issue number five. So I like this one a lot. It's funny, as you can tell from the description, as, as I tried to lay it out there, it is bat guano crazy at times. I like it a lot because it's a self-contained story. You can tell by the title, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. It took place during the Superior Spider-Man era, but you don't have to know anything about that. Just basic knowledge of Spider-Man, and you're good to go. You can pick it up and read from beginning to end, and if you don't know what happens before or after, that's not a problem. Um, and, of course, it's got a nice script and uh, cool artwork, what makes a good comic. So let's move to the rest of the group. Have any of you either read or other, had otherwise uh, any familiarity with Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Jared? I had not read it. I had heard of it. I knew it was a Nick Spencer vehicle, and that is where my knowledge ended until this glorious crusade mistake. Delvin, how about you? No, Rob, uh, I didn't read this series. I was aware that it existed, but I didn't read it. It was like, eh, it's an offshoot. and I'm too good for offshoots, and I scoffed at it. It was kind of like... <laughs> That's yeah, my scoff did. nose. I did. I did. Exactly like that. Can like, I get that scoff one more time? <sighs> exactly can, like can that. You, yeah. Can you turn your head and give us that scoff nose? <laughs> turn your head and scoff. Oh. <laughs> there we go. With, with the head. Everything turn. seems good here. You think he's good? Yep. 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 <laughs> well, no pressure, Delvin. One of the reasons I chose this is because I knew from seeing on Twitter that you were enjoying Spencer's run on Amazing. So I was like, well, certainly Delvin will like it. Rob, Rob, easy now. Don't, don't, like, you haven't asked me. Like, you give, you're taking away from my other material. Don't worry. I'll get <laughs> okay. to it. I'll get to All it. All right. 
All right, Jason, how about you? No, I met Steve Lieber at a con and I have the trade, but it sat on my shelf and I haven't read it yet. And finally, Pat, how about you? I have not heard of it. I think I read like the issues going into the end of Peter Parker on where Superior Spider-Man was going to take over. And that was one of my questions. Was this during when Doc Ock was Spider-Man? So you answered that already. And again, I haven't read, well... I read one of the Spider-Verse event series and the Superior Spider-Man showed up in that. And I guess in some of those crossovers, I probably read an issue or two of Superior Spider-Man. But other than that, I only know the basics of what happened during that storyline. And again, it's not important. You know, I guess it's just reflected in the title and maybe the costume. One of the times you, you don't see Spider-Man, I guess, in a couple of flashback panels, but maybe the costume is different from then. So let's uh, dive into the issue. I picked this one because it's one of the more straightforward issues. There's really only three scenes. Our intro is uh, we meet Al. I can't remember if he's been, I don't think he's been seen yet, but he, Boomerang claims, is in possession of the cybernetic head of Silvermane. Our intro, he's torturing a guy named Tommy, who called caught stealing. There is a net full of rats suspended over Tommy as the owl interrogates him, regales him with a ribald tale of the man bull cuckolding a safe cracker, and then the rats chew through the net, and then they chew through Tommy. And then we get a full-page shot of the owl himself eating one of the rats, and this is when Boomerang takes over the narration with kind of one of the series' signature gags. And he says, this guy, right? Let's rob him. At that point, we cut to Boomerang, Speed Demon, Beetle, and Overdrive. They're getting ready to break into the Owl's hideout. Boomerang thinks it's just a smash and grab job. He really doesn't have a plan. The Beetle has prepared materials. She has a binder that's color-coded. It has a glossary of terms. (laughs) Overdrive actually thinks this is really helpful. Boomerang throws it away. This sequence has one of my favorite jokes in the series when Boomerang says to Speed Demon, you look like the wrong half of Dazzler. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Anyway, Speed Demon takes out some guards. Overdrive uses his power on a toy helicopter to turn it into a full-on assault chopper that causes destruction and mayhem. They go in the front door. Boomerang sort of hangs back lets the remainder of the team, the other three, invade. We're shown a double-page spread of the building they're entering, and uh, there's armed heavies, there's some giant scorpions, there are ninjas, and there are what I think are maybe werewolves. And clearly marked on that diagram, the elevator is out of order. But as the rest of the team fights all the bad guys, uh, Boomerang just strolls down the hall, finds the elevator actually works, rides it to the basement and finds what he's actually there to hide, which is, or to find, sorry, which is a portrait of the true face of Victor Von Doom. Uh, in the captions, uh, Boomerang says, he basically doesn't believe the story about Silvermane's head still existing. Cut to the shocker who has miraculously survived his trip to the river. The car is in a junkyard. He breaks out. He talks to a kid and then he spies the cybernetic head of Silvermane on the back of, I believe, a radio-controlled dune buggy. 
And the issue closes with the Shocker absconding with Silvermane's head. Like I said, Bat Guano crazy, lots of fun, lots of hijinks. So, what do you guys think of the issue? We'll start with Delvin this time. Well, well, well. Well, I did not read Superior Foes of Spider-Man, but I have read now, hold on, wait, let me let me check here, 68, 68, I uh, still got a couple in waiting, 68 issues of his run of Amazing Spider-Man. And let me tell you something, Rob, that you probably already know, and the rest of the Lombox Crusaders may not know, he has incorporated every bit of Superior Foes of Spider-Man into Amazing Spider-Man. All of it. Every bit of it. Like, so much so that you have to wonder whether or not this was his audition for Amazing Spider-Man and they just slipped it right under the radar and just said, let's try this test run and see how you do on Spidey and see how it goes. And a lot of his same familiar beats are in there too. Like, that that whole story about, like, the man bull and the dude's wife was like, (laughs) That was hilarious. I mean, it did, and and that he wove it into like this darker point of like the owl, the owl doing that vicious murder was. It was it was funny, but it was it still advanced the action of the owl as a bad guy, and just that main character beat of Boomerang kind of being this low level criminal mastermind is was kind of interesting, and again. They, he carried that all the way to Amazing Spider-Man where Boomerang just pulled off a pretty big caper in Amazing Spider-Man and it was a long running bit. So I won't spoil it if anyone wants to go and catch up on the last three or four years of Spidey, but this was very much a prequel to all of it. So I enjoyed it unsurprisingly because I've enjoyed Nick Spencer's run on Amazing Spider-Man. So very high marks from me. Excellent. I was, I, yeah, obviously all of the characters have appeared in his amazing Spider-Man run, more or less boomerang mainly. And then the beetle and overdrive, I think uh speed demon and, uh, and the shocker just got beat up once. And that's been about it so far. Right. But some of the other characters that show up just, you know, in the, in the rest of the series have also showed up in amazing. We get uh, hammerhead mm-hmm. uh, shows up in superior foes. It all leads to kind of a big uh, gang war toward the end. So that's what, like I said, that's one of the reasons I chose it because I, I, I'm pretty sure since you were enjoying the Nick Spencer run, if you hadn't read it, you were going to find something good. So that's good to know. So uh, how about you, Pat? Does the ghost of Hammerhead show up? No, it's at, well, <laughs> actual Hammerhead shows up. The first oh, time Hammerhead actually. shows up, remember the chameleon is involved here. So sometimes characters show up and they're not. But. Oh, Hammerhead shows up okay. twice, and it uh, uh, and when he shows up the second time, it's actually Hammerhead. Okay, cool. You know, this is I find this interesting because I was kind of wondering what happened to Silvermane because we were, you know, episodes back we ran into him a while ago in Crusader Chronicles. So I'm like, oh, I wonder what happens to this guy. Now I want to find out how he just becomes a head. I forgot about that. I should have mentioned that in my notes. Yeah, some of the issues. This was one of the nostalgic well, don't, things. Don't spoil about it for it. me. Don't spoil it. Well, for no, me. no, no. I'm not going to tell you. But when I was a kid, you know, I liked for some reason. Like Hammerhead's one of the ones I remember from when I was a kid. But a lot of these gangster type characters that would show up in Amazing Spider-Man, and they are, you know, you're see, seeing those characters in the run of Amazing Spider-Man from what is it, Mark Wolfman. 
in the late 70s. And I remember some of those comics. I didn't read every issue back then, but there was some nostalgia value to it me. And then I forgot. Yeah, that was another reason I thought pick it because you've been talking about some of these characters on uh, Crusader Chronicles. Yeah, very cool. And and the other ones I didn't really know yet. So uh, I don't even know what Speed Demon is, but yeah, pretty funny character yeah. in that. Uh, so I was kind of pulled into this. Like Delvin said, the opening was a little bit weird for me. And then that full page of him just doing it, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to read this because the story <laughs> that was building up and you knew I knew what was going to happen, that he was eventually going to just go let the rats go. You know, it's like one of those uh, Reservoir Dogs kind of a thing where the guy's got him and, you know. I can hear uh, like Walken, Christopher Walken as the owl in that scene uh, oh, see, I telling see the that. story and. You guys want me you to read it as walking? Voice. While I'm here? <laughs> no, nope. we're good. I eat rats. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> I like my, you see, my, my Prius. Uh, his cat makes no sound, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that was one I'm of the pretty good at that. Planted this issue firmly in the early 2010s was the Prius joke. Uh, <laughs> now if somebody's reading, I'm like, what's a Prius? Yeah. Doesn't that run but on I, gasoline? <laughs> The rest of this was interesting. The art, the the story building, the character building. I really like the moment where Boomerang, you find out that he gets in the elevator and then he's just doing this kind of montage, leadership montage of, well, you know, everybody's doing good. And then they show these bits and pieces of them just kind of starting really good off and then slowly getting their butts kind of whooped and whooped and whooped. And <laughs> finally, they're screaming for their mommy. <laughs> Speed Demon apparently literally urinates himself. <laughs> peed peed <laughs> oh man it was pretty decent book so uh interesting read how many issues did this go again there's 17 total uh number 10 and 11 were fill-in teams and they're both pretty okay. good you could easily skip them and only read like one through nine and then 12 for the end there's a joke that won't land if you skip the filler issues though okay yeah, it's very interesting read and a take on the superior foes. And I like it that they're like, well, we don't have everybody here, so but we're still calling it six. So Right. That's a running joke starting in the first issue. I had to sit there and count. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, one, two, three. All right, Jared, what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. Much like Pat, the opening pages, I was like, this is a little darker and edgier than I mm. would like my Spidey books to be. Once that scene got out of the way and it just went into full-blown stupid mayhem, I, I was on board. And and in retrospect, because of the balance of the book, the first scene wasn't wasn't bad or anything. I was just I was like, I don't I was like that. I was like, what am I getting into here? I'm not I'm not sure. I like uh, that. And then, no, go, go ahead, ahead Go ahead, Rob. I was just gonna say I like that scene because it's a reminder that this is a book about the bad guys. Cause it's funny and lighthearted and uh, you know, like I said, it's a this is about you know the villains of the story, not the not the good guys. So I kind of thought it balanced out well, and there's there's not a lot of that in the rest of the series, but I, I did kind of like like I say a reminder that we're dealing with the bad guys, not the good guys. That's fair, and it was definitely written in a very uh, clever way. Nick Spencer clearly can write comic book comedy, which is not the easiest thing to do. And I think he pulled it off well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing some candy canes with it. And I believe that just leaves Jason, if I'm not mistaken. I did not read it. Awesome. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> that way, if his internet cuts out, at least we have that take. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> I, I would throw that in there. 
In all actuality, I really enjoyed the book. I thought this was one of those comics where the writer and the artist were playing off each other's strengths very well, and I always appreciate that. A couple things that really stood out to me, had me laughing out loud, was that one panel of uh, the owl and his uh, and the the safe cracker staring at the screen, and both in shock as it just says bull ride. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so right. funny. I laugh. I why it took me a minute to to move on. I had some tears in my eyes there. Just the look that even the the look on the owl's face was just <laughs> priceless. I thought that was funny. But uh, to your point, Rob, and I think Pat, you really summed it up best when you said this was this was just like a Tarantino flick. That opening scene was both funny and just had me turning the page because it's like this guy's this guy's a goner <laughs> and sure enough so the tension in the book was done really well i thought i thought too and finally the action sequences i thought were both funny but well laid out uh, i liked how they had the the very rough drawn and i think probably this was due to uh what's her name the beetle I think that was probably her her work there laying out the, yeah. <laughs> the layout of the building. So they laid it out really nice. And then you get to see them fight through the rooms that they've already laid out. And you can see the the fight getting more and more desperate as it goes on, as, as Pat alluded to. So that was entertaining as well. So all in all, I thought it was a really nice blend of uh, some humor and criminal drama tension. It was a fun read all the way around. So... Expect some uh, candy canes from me tonight. So, time to rate your interest in the series using the official Crusadmus candy cane scale. On a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 meaning it shook your martini, and 1 being it... Wait, no, I just crossed the strings. (laughs) 12, you're extremely interested, and 1 being no interest at all. How many candy canes would you rate superior foes of Spider-Man, Pat? Well, I usually rate mine on a scale of one, two, three, and it's either art, spectacle, heart, and something other H, but uh, humor, whatever. <laughs> All right, Rick Perry. <laughs> I'm trying to read it back. Anyway, I am going to give this a nine. I thought definitely was comedic, and they had that down. The art was nice, but some of the, I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm missing a little bit of heart. A little bit because I don't know these characters that well, so a little bit lower on my scale. So uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm going with a nine. Jared, I flat out hated this book, and I hate you for bringing it. No candy canes awarded. Curses! All right, <laughs> all right. Let me double back on that. I think I'm enjoying Pat on a nine, but it's a real happy nine. Like for me, you know, we all do our scales differently, but nine to me means if I'm flipping through a quarter bin or a fifty cent bin and I see one, I'm gonna grab it. So, yeah, it, it, it's a good book. It's a solid book. It, it's definitely a funny book. I enjoy those. I'm a big Justice League International fan, so kind of meshes into my world. So, yeah, real real strong nine candy canes for me as well. And I, I'm real happy you brought it. And Because uh, it's probably a book I wouldn't have tried. I don't read a lot of modern comics, air quotes, yeah. modern. Yeah. And and so you, you kind of forced me out of my comfort zone, and, yeah. and I'm glad I did. So it was a good book, Rob. Okay. Melvin? I mean, it's good to know that modern comics still there are very good stories being written and we've gone we've run the gamut and of course crusader chronicles we do you know 
40 years ago and stuff. And so it's easy to, I mean, and, and of course there's tons of great stories written and the appeal, especially right now is like, I just looked and I, like an issue of Justice League, just a random issue, 22 pages or whatever, it's $4.99 now. And I mean, right? <laughs> As opposed to, yeah. you can get a 22 pager from 40 years ago and it's like 50 cents. And especially if you find it in the back. So trust me, the appeal of the older books with the good story, absolutely. But the newer stories, you know, there's a lot of heart and there's a lot of talent and there's a lot of people uh, putting out some really good stuff now, be it Marvel, DC or independent. While I don't know whether I'm ever I'm going to go pick up Superior Foes. I mean, I kind of, in <laughs> essence, have picked up Superior Foes because I was pretty excited about the Nick Spencer run. I heard good things from other writers when they were like, the buzz of what he's doing is really good. And now I'm in the middle of it and it's been fantastic. It has been very good and very enjoyable. So I'm going to mark out for it. I love Amazing Spider-Man. He's my favorite character of all time. This will get a 12. I don't have God effects, bless so. us, everyone. <laughs> we need uh, sleigh bells or something. All right, uh, Jason. Now, using the humor, heart, spectacle, and art, that's how it goes, Bat. Humor is a full three. Heart, I'm with Pat. There might be heart in the book, but I didn't really detect it in this one issue, so I'll give that one a one. Spectacle, I'm going to give it a full three. I think that the scenes that we talked about were just so well done, and the collaboration between the artist and the writer were just spot on. So three for that. And then art, I'm going to give that one a very solid two. I think that the cover really didn't do it justice. Oh, I forgot <laughs> to complain about the cover. It's kind of a cool, minimalist cover, but especially just jumping in in the middle like this, the cover doesn't really tell you much. Yeah, yeah, that one, the cover really kind of knocked it down a peg for me. So, so yeah, I'm going to go so that's three, four, seven, nine. Uh, so I'm going to give it nine, and then I'm going to give it uh, a bonus ten for your enthusiasm and for uh, bringing some some of the backstory there. So some of those scenes that didn't make sense to me when I first read it, now they do. So I appreciate you uh, filling us in there. So if you liked it, I would just recommend, if you liked that, start at the beginning. Start with issue one instead of issue five. Like I said, it's only 15 issues from the main creative team. And then the two, the, the two fill-in issues are perfectly good as well. You can knock it out in one or two sittings. And it's a lot of fun. And again, if, like Delvin and me, uh, you're enjoying the current run on Amazing Spider-Man, you get to spend some time with some characters that show up there quite a bit. So, back to you, Pat. Well, thank you, Rob. I'm glad you asked. That'll wrap us up for this eighth day of the 12 Days of Crusademus. We'd love to hear from you, and if you are familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show, or if you gave one of our recommendations a try, let us know what you think about it. You can do that at the Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade, or email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. And if you're loving Crusademus and didn't get a chance to listen to last year's or just want to hear more, Crusademus, if you scroll far enough back in our feed, you can find all the episodes from Crusademus past. 2020, 2019, 2018, and even 2017 when it started it all. Ooh, man, I can't believe it. you believe that? Oh, this year we'll, we'll done 60. 
Wow. 60. No, let's carry the 12 plus. Laurel! <laughs> I guess so. I, I was told there would be no map. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. Until then, DJ Crestados, play some jolly John Coltrane. Wiggly, 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 wiggly. songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Oh, I'm doing great, Pack. Sounds like it. Man. Yep. Now, he's How's that internet frozen. connection doing the for you? Sooner, the sooner as we needed him, the internet connection killed us. <laughs> I saw it. Nope. <laughs> you gotta admit, the, the timing <laughs> in, in its own way is impeccable. It is. He's yeah. been fine for the last 15 minutes. As soon as the spotlight yeah. hit him, it just, it just craps out every time. So, Rob, why didn't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? <laughs> yeah. Sorry we're eating up your evening, but this is what it's right, like. That's all right. What brought well, you to the, the Lombard Street? My life are quite inconsequential. <laughs> Jason's back. Come on, everybody. Pray for Jason's connection. <laughs> I don't see it. I'll add him as soon as he's, he's fully back. Everybody mute oh, Jason. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas back to you, Pat. <laughs> I didn't know uh the scale was being changed 
so that we could do the cover. So I'm going to go with my new scale. It's called Cash Cover okay. Art Spectacle H and H. Humor and heart. Cash. Yes. Yes. Cash. Flag on the play. Incomplete bit. Oh, <laughs> That's what I need. We're so close to the end. 